0: This is Jake, and you're listening to Norman Sunday Podcast. All right, so open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Now, as Jared just walked us through, we saw the life of Peter, and we saw what Jesus did can do in our lives, and what he's teaching us as. He was working in the life of a dude named Peter, and so just as Jared said, we saw that Jesus is holy, and Jesus is trustworthy, and Jesus is forgiving, and then Jesus is worth following, and so as I was looking at this text this morning, uh, this week, uh, there is so much in this uh, that we are not going to be able to get to this morning uh, because we have a a central theme for all of our kids that we want to get to, but we've outlined a future series for us, so uh, we'll get to that later, but... Uh, But in this, there's one other aspect about Jesus that Peter needed to learn, and that's this, that Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. There's no one that Jesus is not for. So, Peter needed to learn that. He needed to learn that just like he needed to learn that Jesus is holy and that Jesus is trustworthy and that you can follow Jesus and that Jesus forgives us, he needed to learn that Jesus is also not just for him, but it's for everyone else too. Now, raise your hand if you have ever felt like you were an outsider, like you were someone who was not part of the group or not part of the crowd, right? Right? So when I was in seventh grade, okay, I was 12 years old, I moved here from Waco, and I went to lunch at at the middle school, and and when I was sitting at lunch, I I was trying to make new friends, trying to meet people, but the lunch tables had eight chairs that were attached permanently to the table. And so if you wanted to sit at a specific table, you had to be someone who was part of that group to sit at the table. And so I was new to, new to Brewer Middle School, and I went and I found some group of guys that I thought I wanted to be friends with, and they had one seat left at their table. And so I went to sit down with those guys, and when I went to sit down, they all pushed me out of the seat because they were saving it for someone else. And I was like, w- I thought we were friends. And they're like, no, we're not. i was like, okay. I'm an outsider here. That's not my group of friends. I went and sat next to someone else. And uh, and I'm, I'm 33 now. I've not forgotten that moment, right? And I don't, I don't sit and think about it at night. But, but it is a moment in my life to where I recognized I'm an outsider here. I'm not on the in-group, right? Now, why am I telling you that? Because in Acts 10, we're hearing about a guy named Cornelius who was an outsider, okay? And so in Acts chapter 10, here's what's happening. And so here's what it says. There was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Now listen to what the Bible says about this guy. He was a devout man, and he feared God along with his whole household and he did many charitable deeds. That means he was really generous uh, for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. Now, here's a couple of things we know about this guy. What was his name? Cornelius, yeah, and he was a Roman soldier, and he had a 100 Roman soldiers that he was the boss of. And so, he was this Roman soldier who was the boss of a hundred soldiers, but we learned a couple things about this guy. He wanted to know God. The Bible says he was devout, and he tried to do good things, and he tried to give things away and be generous, and he tried to pray to God a lot. And so, he had all the passion toward God that you could want. But there was a problem. He was not a Jew. He was a Roman. He was a Gentile, an outsider. He was not one of God's people. Now, why does that matter? How do we know he was an outsider? Now, raise your hand here if you like rules. Does anyone like rules? I actually like rules. I'm a dad, so I love rules, right? But kids, do you like rules? Well, did you know that God gave certain rules, and he said these are really good. These are really important, okay? Now, these specific rules were called a system of holiness. And what they were designed to do is to determine whether someone was clean or not clean. But when we say clean and not clean, we don't mean like you need a bath. What we mean is if you were clean, that meant you could go to God, and you could pray to God, and you could go to church and meet with God. But if you were unclean, then you couldn't, and you were removed from God. And so God said, these rules are really, really important. Now, there are certain things that can make you unclean and certain things to do to make you clean again. Now, the purpose of all of this was to remove from God's people things associated with sin and death. And so, anything that was associated with sin and death was unclean. And anything that was associated with good things with God, that was clean. And so, God said, I want you to be with the things that are clean because I want you to be with me and remove from sin and death. But if you become associated with things close to sin and death, then you have to clean yourself in order to come approach me again. Now, that was the system. So, there were a lot of rules in this, and I brought some stuff with me today to demonstrate some of these rules, all right? Now, there were certain kinds of food that you could eat, all right? There were certain kinds of food that you could eat, and they were clean, and they were godly, and, uh, and you could eat them and still go to God, okay? One, cows, all right? They were cattle. So cattle, you could slaughter that thing, make yourself a brisket, get some steak, get some hamburger. Totally fine. God is still with you, okay? You're clean if you eat that thing, okay? But there were other animals that you could not eat that made you unclean. Pig. All right? Now, if you ate any pig, that was really bad, all right? All right? So you did not want to eat pig. God's people, there we go, God's people could not eat pigs because they were unclean. And if you ate that, that was an abomination to God, all right? Now, there were certain rules as to why. You had to have a hoofed a hoofed foot, and you had to graze. If you didn't graze, you were not clean. Animal, I mean, pigs don't graze, okay? What about this? Snakes. Unclean. These are unclean. You couldn't eat a snake because it slithered on its belly. didn't have hooves, all right? So snakes, let's have them dangle off there, right there. Okay, so the snakes, you could not eat that. If you ate it, make you unclean. And I brought another pig just for good measure, okay? You can't eat that one either. If you ate that, it would not be good. God is not good with that, okay? So you get it? There were certain rules And if you followed them right, then you could be with God. But if you didn't follow certain rules, then you were outside of God. You were removed from God, and you were unclean. Now, not only food, but also other things such as blood, right? So raise your hand if you got a boo-boo this past week, and you got blood and you had to get a Band-Aid. Anyone? Yeah? Now, if you touched blood you became unclean, and you could not go to God. You know why? Because blood outside the body represented death. And so if you touched blood, you had to go through a process of becoming clean again before you could go to church and approach God. So not only that, but also people, right? You see, if you touched someone or came in contact with someone who was unclean, then you became unclean yourself. Now, the Jews followed these laws, and so they were clean. But you know who did not follow these laws? Everyone else. Everyone else who was not a Jew did not follow these laws, and so they were by nature always unclean. Because of that, the Jewish people, God's people, did not want to go be with anyone who was not a Jew. And so, if you ate pork this weekend, if you, had, if you had pulled pork, you had bacon this morning, anything like that, you couldn't be with God's people. God's people did not want to be with you. If you went to Razoos or somewhere and had rattlesnake bites, somewhere weird, I don't know, couldn't, you can't be with God's people. Okay? Now, Cornelius, here's the problem. Cornelius was not a Jew. He didn't follow the laws. He was unclean. And now you had all these Jews who wanted to stay away from him because they wanted to remain clean. And now you had these new followers of Jesus who came from a Jewish background and had this as their heritage, they grew up with this as their worldview, and they carried it into their new relationship with Jesus, still thinking that they needed to be clean and not worry about I mean, and worry about becoming unclean, right? And so when Cornelius was someone who wanted to know God, he wanted to follow God, there had to be a process of God teaching Peter that this whole system was done away by the cross. He needed to teach Peter that because he grew up only knowing this system of cleanness and uncleanness. And God needed to show Peter that Jesus fulfilled that system and now something different was here. That's what's happening here. Now, back to that Cornelius guy. What did we learn about him? He had a passion to know God. He wanted to know God with everything in him. But you know what he needed? He had all the passion in the world. But what he needed was truth. You see, he could do all these good things to know God, he could pray to God all the time, he could do all these generous acts. But the thing is, is he could do all these things in an effort to know God, but he still did not know Jesus, and he needed to know the gospel. He needed to hear about what Jesus did for him to bring him forgiveness. So he had passion, but he didn't have any knowledge of the truth. And so God said, I'm going to help you get that. So one day, raise your hand, kids, if you had a dream this week. Have you ever had a crazy dream to where you're like, Oh, man, that was crazy. I need to go tell my mom about that. Yeah? Well, Cornelius one day, Cornelius, about three in the afternoon, one day, all of a sudden he had a dream while he was awake. It was crazy. It was called a vision. Cornelius had a dream, and God sent an angel to him. And the angel said, hey, Cornelius, I've seen how you've been searching for me. I've seen how you've been praying to me. I've seen how you really desire me. So I want to honor that, and I want to teach you how you can really know me. So he said, go find that dude named Peter. Go find Peter. That's what he told him to do. And so he said, okay. And so what Cornelius did is he sent some soldiers to go and find Peter and bring him back. Now, Peter all the while this is happening, had no idea this was going on. Peter was in a different town, and, uh, and he, was, he was just doing his own thing. Now, remember, a couple of things to remember about Peter. He was a follower of Jesus, but he was a Jew, and so he grew up knowing this holiness, and uncle- unho- uh, this holiness system, this cleanness and uncleanness system. He knew that. That's what he knew. That was his worldview. And so he's over here in a different city praying, and he goes up on a roof one day to pray at about noon. And you know what happens when, you, when it's noontime? You get hungry, at least for me. In fact, actually, there's never an hour of the day when I'm not hungry. But Peter goes up on, uh, at lunchtime. He goes on a roof to pray, and he's hungry. And he knows it's lunchtime. He knows there's people downstairs who are going to make lunch. And so he's thinking along the lines of like, what do I want for lunch? What are they making for lunch? And then God brings him a vision the same way he did to Cornelius, and his vision was about food. And so he, he's out there, and here's what happens. It says, verse 11, or he, uh, verse 10, he became hungry and wanted to eat. They're preparing something. While they were doing it, he fell into a trance. Verse 11, he saw heaven opened, and then he saw an object that resembled a large sheet coming down. So right here, I've got brought one with me. This actually, it's the same one, okay? Same one that Peter saw. It was Spider-Man themed. All right. All right. So he saw this, this, this sheet, this blanket coming down from heaven. And God was like, hey, listen, Peter, look at what's in this. Look at all these animals. You got Peppa, you got Peppa's cousin. You got this rattle, this snake here, and the, the cow for good measure, all right? You got all this stuff. And he says, Peter, kill and eat. <laughs> and he's like, wait, 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 wait. I can't do that. Those are pigs. There are pigs in there. There are snakes in there. There's all this stuff that's unclean that I can't touch. And God said this don't call anything that I have made clean unclean. And so, God is trying to teach him a lesson in this. You see, he's saying, Peter, Jesus died on the cross, and now everything is different. Everything is different. What you grew up with, thinking about how the world worked, this system of cleanness and uncleanness, is gone. Jesus fulfilled it. He did away with it. So now you need to be able to see the world rightly through the lens of the gospel, the lens of what Jesus did. And so now, even in simple terms, these things that you previously would have never touched, now feel free to go eat it. Make all the pulled pork you want. That's what he's saying. And Peter, it it took him a while to understand what this meant. Like, what do you mean I should eat these things? How does this work? That doesn't even make sense to me. Now, what God was getting at was bigger than pulled pork and bacon and rattlesnake bites, right? It was about something more than that. Now, he was talking about how much the cross did. And so in this, what he's saying is it's not only about food. It's not only about what you can eat. He's saying the cross changes everything. That's what he's getting at. He's like, there is a way, even if you can, like, he's saying, yeah, you needed to stay away from certain foods in order to maintain being clean, but beyond that, the cross changes even the way that you can view other people. You see, if you can eat anything you want that was previously unclean, if you can do that now, then what that means is, is that anything that was previously unclean and was, had to be separated from you doesn't have to be that way any longer. The cross did away with it. And so now what he's saying is this, there is a way for every single person to be able to have access to God. There's a way for every single person to be able to be clean before God, and it's not this system of purification anymore. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the thing that purifies everyone. It's not this system anymore. And so now, don't worry about the pigs. Don't worry about the snakes. Don't worry about the catfish. Feel free to go get it because the cross is what purifies things. The cross purified it. And so the very next thing that happened, when Peter's there, he just saw this vision, and he just like saw the pigs, and he's trying to figure this whole scene out. Then Cornelius' friends show up, and they're like, hey, listen, there's this Roman soldier that you need to come meet. God told him in a vision that you need to come out to us and tell us a story of that God said that you need to tell us, and uh, and so you need to come. And, And so Peter's thinking about these things, and he's like, what do I do? And the Spirit tells Peter, go with these people and don't worry at all about it. They're not coming to do anything negative to you. Follow them. That's what the text says. And so Peter gets up, and he follows them to the next town, to Caesarea, which was a Roman town, an unclean town. And Peter follows them to the next city to go meet Cornelius. And this is awesome. Look, what, look at the scene, okay? Peter visits Cornelius in this next town. And, uh, and then this was uh, verse 24. The following day, he entered Caesarea, and now Cornelius was expecting them, and had called together all of his relatives and all of his close friends. It's not just like, I'm trying to get right with God, and I'm just trying to figure it out, and I'll I'll kind of navigate this stuff, but I'm going to keep it separate from my family as I'm trying to navigate what's happening. Like, no, 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 no. Cornelius had all the passion in the world, and when he's about to hear a message from Peter that's going to be a message from God, he says, I want everyone I care about to be in that room. And so he has all of his relatives, all of his friends at his house. He's got a nacho bar set up. He's got the pulled pork ready to go for the sliders. He's got all this stuff ready to go for this message from God, for them all to hear about who this Jesus guy is. And then when Peter walks into that room and he sees the passion of this guy and the anticipation for all of these Roman people to hear the message that Peter's going to bring, everything clicks for Peter. And the first thing he says is, you know that it's forbidden, this is verse 28, you know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with a foreigner, but now God has shown me I must not call any person impure or unclean. Peter's had to have this thing click in his mind to understand that, wait, 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 I guess Jesus is for everyone, not just for me, not just for Jews. Jesus is for all people. And Peter didn't know that until this point when God brought him to this Cornelius' house, and everything all of a sudden clicked into place. And at that point, here's what happened. Peter shared the gospel with them, and he shared about Jesus' perfect life, and that Jesus died on a cross, and that Jesus resurrected from the dead, And now Jesus reigns as the Lord over all things. He's going to come back and judge all people one day. And before he could even, even finish speaking, check this out. While he was still trying to share that message, everyone in the room believed. And the Holy Spirit came down upon all the Gentiles in the room before he finished his gospel presentation. They were that ready to receive the message of Jesus. Look what it says in this. Uh, Wait, let me find it here. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all of those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Gentiles. And here's why that's important for you and me in this room. Kids, here's why this is important for you. Because you and I are Gentiles. We are foreigners. We, unless you are an ethnic Jew, you are an outsider to all of the promises of God, to the people of God. But what God proved to Peter in this moment was that Jesus is for you. That's what he proved. Jesus is for you and he's for everyone. He's available for everyone. And look what happens. Peter said, "If you respond through faith, then you will receive forgiveness for your sins and immediately they respond by faith, the spirit comes to them and they are forgiven for their sins and they begin a relationship with Jesus because Jesus is for everyone." And the same thing is true for all of us in this room. Jesus is for you. And if you respond by faith in his death and resurrection, then you will receive the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit of God to come and empower you to live for Jesus. That is what happens in this text, and I I love it. So here's two things I want you to hear. You may feel like Cornelius. You may feel like him and that you feel like maybe I'm an outsider. I don't really know about this thing. I'm kind of investigating. I want to know God, but I'm just not sure, and uh, here's the thing. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you. The way to him is open because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And now you can go to God and receive forgiveness for your sins. Jesus is for you. But there also may be some of us in this room who feel like Peter, in which you have a relationship with Jesus. You've already begun it. You've already received forgiveness for your sins. You've already begun trying to follow him, to read your Bible. And here's what Jesus calls you to do. Because Jesus is for everyone, He calls you then to go and invite other friends to know Jesus. That's the call for you, because Jesus is for everyone. He's for you, but not only for you, but for all your friends as well. Now let's pray.